0: Hello and welcome to the Hoop Collective podcast. We talk about the NBA. Just in, well, first off, Jackie McMullen. In, uh, in, are you in Boston today, Jackie?
1: I am, sir. Yes.
0: Um, Jackie, just in, and still going on a, on the book tour for Basketball Love Story. How's it going so far? It's an interesting
1: thing in this world of no bookstores. <laughs> We do book signings like, (laughs) like tonight I'm doing a book signing at, um, Tony C's named after the late, great Tony Canigliato in the seaport in Boston, which is like the funny, you know, the, the kind of fun area where like fidelity is and and John Hancock and all that. And, you know, I'm doing a book signing later at another restaurant and I might be doing one at a, um. Gymnasium where you know twelve hundred parents and their kids come through for AAU tournaments every weekend.
0: It's just so funny how the industry has changed, right? Well, you got to get in uh, with Jeff Bezos to uh, to be in the bookstore these days. Um, the, the Basketball Love Story is, is uh, rolling right now every night on ESPN uh, this it week. Is. Although I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't know when um, people are going to listen to this, but it'll be available on ESPN Plus. Nobody even gave me that promotion. I just did it on my own. How about that? for being a corporate shill joining us from Dallas freshly back from China the far east Shenzhen I believe was your last stop it's band McMahon
2: pause for the memory of my introductory theme song
0: it is unfortunately a memory Um, so um, how was uh, first off this is what I want to ask you so you've been back for one day all right, I've been a to less Asia. Than yes. Okay, I've been to Asia, a handful of times. No, not that handful, like three times. Jackie, you've been to yes. that part of the world and back. You and you, Twice. you went to yeah. Australia. uh right. I think last year. So or was that yes. this year? It was this year in March. It's for two weeks. To me, a brutal return, and I. And I'm not just saying this to, for your well being. I have a point, but I'm going to ask about your well being because that's the kind of guy I am. How are you feeling? <laughs>
2: Yeah. uh yeah it, it's the the jet lag's definitely tougher this way than the other way um i'm a poor plane sleeper especially flying coach for 15 plus hours um that's the second time
0: hold. he's mentioned that jackie second
1: yeah, yeah. Time I, I noticed that. that i wasn't gonna anything. say
0: anything just just in, just in case i have from? to
2: go again try trying to get a little upgrade there um yeah so i mean i i got home last night tried to stay up to a, you know, a reasonable hour to, to get back on the clock, and then I slept like 14 hours. So, uh, oh, wow. That's I'll, I'll great. be, I'll be, I'll be back on the, uh, you know, back on the run again tomorrow, but today's gonna to be a chill day. Pick the girls up from school, hang out with them for a little bit, and, uh, you know, and then the regular season grind is just around the corner, as you guys well know. That's so get the back point the
0: that I'm making. So the Sixers. And look, I, I'm not saying that the... Uh, I mean, I understand the importance of developing China in the NBA, and, and these chips mm-hmm. are going to continue no matter what I say. But this is a tough turnaround for the Sixers. So they come back, and I assume that they got back Tuesday sometime. Um, they play yeah, one week... left la-
2: right after the game, so yeah.
0: So, but they, so they got back sometime Tuesday. One week later, they play in the first game of the season against the Celtics. Um, now, If you're out there and you've never traveled from Asia or, you know, you may say, well, it's a week. They're pro athletes, you know, grow up. I'm not saying that they're not going to be able to run up and down the court. I'm just saying to play top level basketball, it takes some time. There is a recovery period. And if you don't believe me, go ask the Warriors. This happened last year to them. They went to China. Uh, they had to play on the first night of the season to get their rings, which, you know, it was a happy night, but they will tell you that they were off for the first couple of weeks of the season. They were not quite and, themselves because... And they blew a big I,
2: lead that, that opening night, by the way.
0: And Yeah, and it was uh big game, win for the, the Rockets. Rockets came uh, back to beat them, yeah. Uh, Tillman Fertitta running around the court, brand new owner. Uh, that was <laughs> what I remember go. from that night. Um, huh. uh, um, I just think that I'm going to put a little red dot next to uh, that game on Tuesday, Jackie. I assume. Are you going to be there? Is that is it in Boston or is it oh, yeah. in Philly?
1: I don't know. Even... it's in Boston. Yeah, I'll be there. Yeah, uh,
0: and then and they're on the
1: road. Oh, for you'll be tired. Of, you'll be tired of seeing me, Brian, <laughs> because <laughs> you know that you know I'm going to have to do all the sports center stuff till we we fill in our empty slot in Boston. So everyone will be tired of me by the end of Tuesday. I'm pretty sure. Chris think, Forsberg, uh, yeah. what a way to go out though! Great piece on Kyrie's.
0: Yes, uh, that was a great piece. Lo- Love, much love, and much uh, offering of uh, success to Chris Forsberg, who you bet went to Comcast Boston. Andrew, is there a possibility that I would do anything else than make a pitch here for Zip Recruiter? Because every single show that I listen to is supported by Zip Recruiter, which makes me a big fan of Zip Recruiter because they bring you great content, they bring me great content. I don't know about you but they bring me great content. And so I appreciate that. And so therefore, I must completely support ZipRecruiter because ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. It's powerful matching technology scans thousands of resumes, identifies people with the right skills, education, and experience for your job, and actively invites them to apply. So you get qualified candidates fast, fast. That's why ZipRecruiter is rated number one by employers in the U.S. So right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive address, exclusive, ZipRecruiter.com slash collective. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash collective, C-O-L-L-E-C-T-I-V-E, because just in case you don't know how to spell it, ziprecruiter.com slash collective. ZipRecruiter is the smartest way to hire. Do
2: you think ZipRecruiter um, has hired every job in America now? Because it does make sense that you said that they sponsor borderline everything that we listen to now.
0: Yeah, like, I mean, frankly, I don't even know who else I would go to but ZipRecruiter. Like, if I if I had the need to post a job, I honestly don't know of another company that I would go to. I don't know of any other companies because they have infiltrated my world so much. And so to me, they are the only option.
1: Where where do um, I have to go again?
0: Uh, I'm glad you asked that, Andrew. I really appreciate that. Uh, ZipRecruiter.com slash, that's that little button on the upper right-hand corner of your keyboard, slash collective to hire the right person. ZipRecruiter.com slash collective. Jackie, I, uh, I'm a little concerned about how the Sixers are going to start the season. I think they play a couple of tough games in the early going. I mean, I I don't know. I mean, may, maybe I don't know. What do you think, McMahon? How do you think that they're going to come back from this?
2: Well, look, I, you know, obviously the, there's the travel, and they're they're done with their preseason. So they all they have for the the next week is to uh, kind of ramp up for that game, prepare for that game. But I, I've got concerns for the Sixers that aren't related at all. To uh, go on to, to going over to China. I'm, I'm telling you, the Markel Folt situation has the potential to be a major, major problem for the Philadelphia 76ers. He is struggling. And, uh, you know, Brett Brown is has put him into the starting lineup. And you can't just, you know, with a guy where confidence was clearly. An issue last season, you know, whether you want a chicken or egg injury, confident, whatever it was, confidence slash, you know, the 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 yips. It was it was a huge issue for him. I think they put him into the starting lineup kind of as a hey, we believe in you type of move. And now you have Brett Brown. You know, after Fultz was just awful in the last preseason game, and he was pretty mediocre throughout the preseason, I mean, but he fouled out in 19 minutes, you know, he's clearly scared to, to shoot the ball. I mean, there was one situation where, and this ain't exactly the classiest move by Mark Cuban, but it happened, uh, he catches the ball wide open in the corner in front of the Mavericks bench, and Cuban yells, shoot it! Shoot it! Now, you tweeted
0: about play, this. I'm, I'm glad you brought this
2: up. Yeah, because Mark I'm,
1: Cuban's just such a classy guy all the way around. Don't even get me started. Don't even get me started. Jackie, we're, we're, me started. Jackie,
2: Jackie, we're going to clear out for you in a little bit. Um <laughs> You're going to get your, your chance to dunk on Cuban, we promise. Um But and on that particular case, he, he took two dribbles and stepped into a, a little 12-foot pull-up and made it. But, you know, like his last foul of the game, transition, J.J. Barea goes down to uh it runs back into the paint and basically says, look, if you want to take a pull-up jumper, have at it. Well, Fultz ends up getting a charge, uh, you know, right in front of the charge circle, and and, and that's it for him. But, anyways you know, it was after the game, Brett Brown, you know, we're asking him about, okay, you know, why'd you go to – uh or he starts off saying, you know, we're going to have to look at some things to, you know, some, some things with the rotation. And then Keith Pompey, the fine beat writer from the Philadelphia Inquirer, asks, hey – you know, is that what you're talking about with uh, not starting Fultz for the second half? Was that related to his foul trouble because he got four in the first, in the first half? He says, no. You know, I want to take a look at that. And essentially what he's saying is it looks like they're going with the starting lineup from last season to start second halves, but he's committed to keeping faults in the starting lineup to begin games, which I've never, like, have you ever seen a team that has a first half starting lineup and a second half starting lineup? I've never seen that.
1: Not on not purpose. a great idea. I'll tell you what, it's not a great idea. If you look at the numbers with Reddick in the starting lineup, yeah. I think, Brian, you and I were talking about this. They outscored the opponents by 268 points in 601 minutes, the best plus minus of any lineup in the league. And so not Reddick's no. by
2: 99 points. And Reddick right, looked even close. great
0: in China. Am I right, Yeah. Man?
2: No, he, I mean, he had the one of it, the games, it, it, right? And the Redick situation was interesting because, you know, he had the – and I firmly believe, and, and I'm talking to the, the ten cent producer who actually shot the video, he firmly believes it was a, a tongue-tied, slip-of-the-tongue thing where he accidentally said, or, you know, uh, what well, sounded like a... Don't even go... I'm the, not going yeah. yeah. to say the Ever- exact word, but what sounded like a, a racist slur that's offensive, certainly to Chinese people, came out of his mouth when he's wishing China a, a happy Chinese New Year. Anyways, people remember that he was booed every time he touched the ball with the first game, He's 10 of 10 from the floor. <laughs> 7 of 7 from three point range. I mean, really and, and,
0: ama- really kind of amazing because he's he's got to be under immense scrutiny. I mean, JJ, regardless of what happened there, I don't think we think that JJ has a bad heart. Um yeah. so, you know, no, and, you not know at all. He, I mean, he's he used to being hated on by the crowd because he's from Duke, frankly. But I mean, this is a whole yeah. new um this is a whole new um thing i'm sure he was not looking forward to this trip because of it and he goes in there and frankly has one of the best shooting games of his career uh under Let's those see. circumstances i realize i realize it's an exhibition game but still but
1: that's jj i mean jj's impervious to pressure i feel i i, I thought i've always thought he's one of those guys that's like bring it on you're gonna feel me even more that's how he now he's not the kind that's gonna you know gesture to the crowd and flip them off i don't mean that but he's a guy to me that whenever I – I mean, he's just all about positive self-talk, as so many of the great shooters in our game are. They have to be. If you're Ray Allen, if you're Reggie Miller, if you're J.J. Redick, uh, and I'm not putting him in the same category as those two, even though I think he's a, a very fine shooter, you have to believe every shot's going in, and you don't care what anybody else thinks. And that's always I Jay, agree, I agree with you,
0: Jackie. Thing. I agree with you. But, you know, Tom Haverstrow for The Bleacher Report, our former colleague at ESPN, just did this piece talking about how J.J. gave up social media – because he felt like it was such a negativity, and I think that you know that's been a yeah, challenge but, to him. But don't you think well, part but, of that
1: was his personal life and some of the things that were mentioned?
2: That's a whole nother yeah, kettle of fish, as my mom. That's
0: would say. probably yes. I would I would agree. Um, well,
2: and also it was an addiction to it, not even necessarily the you know oh here's what people are saying about me and my mentions, but just the fact he felt like, and I think we can all, or at least. Wendy, you and I maybe, <laughs> Jackie, you, you've been able to uh, resist the the Twitter temptation, but feel like you got to be on there every five minutes, feeling like you got to know the latest, you know, FOMO, that whole thing. Um, but no, I mean, look back to back to basketball. Uh, like you guys mentioned, that starting lineup was the best lineup in the league last year, and to go away from that to start games, but uh, because you know what seems to me to be an attempt to boost. Fultz's confidence, which which has not worked, and I'm telling you that Fultz deal, man, yeah, I'm. Not, it, it's it's premature to write off a 20 year old kid who clearly has some talent, but the fact that he's scared to shoot jumpers, um, the fact that he was always considered a poor defender, and and frankly got you know roasted pretty good on that end of the floor uh, in those two games in, in China, and of, of for you know you look at what they gave up. Jason Tatum plus, plus a, you know, a, a King's pick that's coming that's, you know, probably going to be, what, top three, top five? I, I That deal could be the trade that tips the balance of power in the Eastern Conference for years to come.
0: So, you know, we'd heard a lot about how Fultz had improved and was better and was in a better headspace. And, you know, I'm not there every day, but would you say that, you know, McMahon, would you say that the early returns on that are not you did not see much of a difference? I
2: mean, better than last year when he, you know, sat out the vast majority of the season and had the plug pulled on in the uh, in the playoffs and, and, you know, watched on the bench despite being healthy? Sure. But do I look at saying, ooh, you know, look at," I, I feel like there's been a lot of positive things kind of said and written about Fultz, and they're based on hope and not, not evidence. Mm. You know, like, and, and look, well, I... That's I, a when, report from China, Jackie. <laughs>
1: not that a, a report from... That is a I'm report heard around we, the world. The shot heard around have the number, world.
2: I don't know if it's a shocker because those games were televised. No, a shot. Had to get I said early. shot. Oh, a shot. Okay, shot. well, yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm not afraid to take shots. That's true. So I, I do want to talk jello about shots? the Mavericks. No, all right, never mind. <laughs> you, <follow? laughs> no, Can you get jello not? shots right. in
0: Shenzhen? I would recommend um, it. At Hooters. Okay. Go ahead. Let's just move yeah. on. Um, move on. So, <laughs> I do want to talk about the Mavericks and I want to talk about Luka Doncic Did you hear that, Jackie? Doncic, Donchich? I got it. I got, I got it. it. I struggled you, on draft night. I Jackie did. I was I like there it. on draft night. It was a rough it was a rough one. Um, it was
1: like everyone has us. It was like me trying to say Johns Hopkins once on Around the Horn. We laughed for days because I couldn't say it. Now I can say it in my sleep. So there you go. <laughs>
0: Well, we will talk about Luka Donchich. Uh, McMahon, do you mm-hmm. want to update us on the uh, event that took place over there with uh, Mavericks personnel? And then uh, I think Jackie has something she wants to say.
2: Yeah, and I mean, I'll, ju- I'll just give the the update here. Um, the team photographer, uh, Danny Bollinger, who's been there uh, since C- Cuban was there and you know was a friend of Cuban's from before then, uh, there were allegations that were made during the investigative process against him about uh, lewd comments, uh, sexual harassment in the office, you know, improperly um, propositioning women, uh, and he was pulled from the trip early on in China, flown back home, uh, fired the next day. And again, these were allegations that were made during the investigation, but he was not included in that investigative report. They became public because the Dallas Morning News talked to women who made the allegations against him uh, and reported them. Um, now, again, the Mavericks knew about these. The investigators knew about these. The league office was briefed on these. But they didn't become public until the Dallas Morning News was reporting, and no action was taken until after the Dallas Morning News was reporting on uh, on the allegations.
1: Jackie? All right. So I ask you. Mark Cuban goes on television. I was there that day. I think you were too, Brian, weren't you?
0: No, I wasn't. I just
1: I I left the day before. I was there.
2: He cried.
1: He was in tears. Yes, I remember that, Tim. No, I know that, but I, I, I know you were there because you and I discussed it. There were crocodile tears, there were promises, there was denials, I didn't know all this. And then the grand pronouncement that he had hired Cynthia Marshall, who was going to clean this all up, who was going to make it all better. They were going to be more vigilant about it. They were going to take care of things. Now, I had some issues with that. I'm not going to to rehash all the issues I might have had with that performance. But now this happens. Now, now, if you are the owner of the Dallas Mavericks and you've just taken the hugest PR hit that I can think of since you've owned the team, and there have been others, but this is the biggest one and you you pledge on national television to everybody that now you're going to do it the right way because you've hired Cynthia Marshall and it's going to be done the right way, okay? Why on earth would you ever put Danny Bollinger on your plane to China? Can you explain that to me? In the environment that you are operating under, with the scrutiny that you so deserve, why on earth was he ever put on that plane? Why was he not in the report If if they knew about this, if the investigators knew about this, why on earth did he ever make that trip over here? That's just such bad optics, not to mention stupid, okay? Now, on top of that, now the reporters who reported on this, they did their job, they did a good job. They go to Mark Cuban and say to him, why was he here? What about this? Why wasn't he in the report? And he has the nerve to say, well, by you asking all these questions, you're suggesting that Cynthia Marshall's not doing her job, and I find that offensive. Well, stop right there. Nobody's talking about Cynthia Marshall, Mark Cuban. We're still talking about you. And the fact that you even tried to palm this off on the person you just hired to clean this mess up, to me, is just inexcusable. And, you know, I'm a fan of Mark Cuban's, or I was. You know what I always liked about Mark Cuban? He challenged you. He was a straight shooter. You, you say something, he comes right back. I love give and take. I like guys who are straight shooters. I like people who challenge. I, liked, I got a kick out of, uh, at, at times, the way he challenged the league. And sometimes I think he was right. And sometimes, a lot of times, I didn't think he was. But I enjoyed all of that. This, to me, is not enjoyable. And, and, and to, to handle this the way he has just makes me wonder... What are you doing? What are you doing? And you know what that makes me think? You didn't take this nearly as seriously as you'd like us all to think when you were on television, uh, feigning tears or holding back, you know, all those little saline drops that you put in your eyes.
0: All right? That's how I feel about it. Um, Respond I'll just accordingly. Say, I'll just say that I felt like, you know, I don't exactly know what was an investigation. I, I I have not covered the story, but I will just say, as somebody who's in the league, don't cop out with "I on, haven't covered the story." I will no, not, I'm let not you do this out. today. I'm not. I'm not copping out. I'm saying, I actually think it makes the league look bad, Jackie, mm-hmm. because it undercuts the way they dealt with this and the final investigation. Because what the league basically said is, the Mavericks made mistakes. They acknowledged – and the reason that we're, we're going forward and not penalizing them with anything more than money, and it was a big financial thing, but not necessarily to a billionaire. But right, you know. a drop in the bucket for Mark Cuban. B- but the reason that they the, the reason that they gave Jackie that they that the punishment did not affect anything on the court or draft picks or something that I thought we were going to see, which was a suspension of Mark Cuban, which would have been the harshest penalty you could maybe give – to you know to suspend Mark Cuban and say you can't come to games would maybe be hurtful than than any other owner because Mark Cuban is more invested and involved within games than any other owner. The league basically said that they were so proactive and that they were so reactive and that they addressed the situation and they cleaned it up. That was their explanation. And I I don't, I don't even really necessarily care about what Cuban said. Uh, I care about sort of what the league did because ultimately it's the league whose responsibility it is to take over and police the situation. And so for, for this to happen, basically what it looked to me like, and again, I, and I just say that I wasn't on the story so I can't say for sure this is what happened, but it looked to me like was that there were women who once they saw this final report, couldn't believe that this guy was not involved. And they step forward to the Dallas Morning News to tell them, hey, we can't believe that this guy wasn't involved. And so it undercuts the validity and the authenticity of the league's role in this. And I feel like the league made a major mistake in not making this, not, not, not making sure every loose end was investigated, tied up, and, and, and nailed down before this happened. And that is why I take away from it.
2: And, and I agree with that. And quite frankly, Cuban and David Stern had an adversarial relationship. And Stern was tough on Cuban. Um, and Cuban was a pain in Stern's butt. And, you know, that, that's all well documented. Adam Silver has taken a very, uh I don't want to say hands off, but he has treaded lightly when it's come to Mark Cuban. There have been times when, you know, Stern would have certainly come down with a with a significant fine where silver either didn't find him or, you know, there were light fines that, uh, that were not announced. And I feel like there have been cases where, you know, Cuban has, has bullied silver, to be honest with you. And this is, I was very surprised that Cuban wasn't suspended here because that is the way to punish him. And again, nobody here and nobody, uh, you know, none of the, uh, women who work for Mark Cuban have accused him of anything direct, and, and he has not been accused of any kind of sexual harassment, any th- type of improper conduct, any of that. But it's it's like in uh, you hear it in, in NCAA, you know, where it's um a lack of institutional control, right? And and at, at, the, at the bare minimum, that happened here, and then so essentially what we're what we're hearing and from Adam Silver is, yeah, hey. We knew about this additional allegation. You know these additional allegations uh, that you know they weren't put in the report because the the uh, you know the the attorneys who conducted the report put out a statement in the morning news, basically saying, "Hey, we just the report was about the uh, you know the, the people who have been accused publicly. If if they were accused anonymously to us, we decided not to make those allegations public." And you know, so it's like okay. So you told us details of stuff that that we already knew. But again, I, I thought it was very light not to have Cuban sit out any kind of games. And ten million dollars is a ton of money, but not to a billionaire. Um, okay, but, again, but let's it, get back. If you to you want to hurt but wait Cuban, right that, that's how you do it. You okay, make but him let's not watch games.
1: That that's all fine. But I'm getting back to the original point here. Danny Bollinger is a friend of Mark Cuban's. He was a friend of Mark Cuban's before he started working for the, for the Mavs, and I'm going to assume he's a friend of Mark Cuban's still. Okay? You knew of these allegations. Please don't try to tell me Mark Cuban did not know of these allegations. Of course. Yeah, he knew. And he made the decision to bring this guy on the trip. So what does that say about Mark Cuban? I don't know why again, we're letting Mark again, Cuban off the hook here, guys. Again, I, I think Sorry. it
0: undercuts it undercuts the concept that the situation is rectified. I'll say. All right. Um, I've got that out of my
1: system. And I, I just, right. I, it's we can't, I just, because Mark Cuban's powerful and famous and rich, everybody's like afraid to take him on. Come on now. We're all better than that.
0: We're better than that. All right. Let's continue. I'm off. I got all right, off that uh, was I'm glad you said it, Jackie. Uh, Luka Doncic. um, I kind of get a feel that all year long we're going to be watching Luka Doncic and there's going to be, the temperature is going to rise in Atlanta as the season goes along, is what I'm saying. Um, and Sacramento. Because, and Sacramento, for sure. Um, you know, uh, I understand why the Suns picked Ayton, although there were a lot of, I don't know about a lot, there were teams out there who have told me they would have taken Doncic number one. You got to be careful listening to guys after the fact. I mean... Everybody out there has got a Giannis Attanakumpo story where, you know, if ABCDEFG happened, they would end ended up with Giannis. You know, there's some Donovan yeah, Mitchell yeah. stories out there. Um, but I do believe that he was number one on some teams' draft boards, but I understand why. I believe he was why. number
2: one on the, I believe, I, I'm certain he was number one on the Suns head coach's <laughs> personal board. The guy who, but, I understand, the, the okay, but I understand fine. why they took Aiden. Okay. But I understand
0: why they took Aiton. I mean, it's not an individual. And Aiton's looked way. good
2: this preseason too. So you know, I mean, that, that's, he has.
0: He's actually looked phenomenal, but it's hard to know. Um, uh, so, what were your impressions of Donchitz over there before we talk about it some more?
2: Well, I mean, in, in the second game, he was great. I mean, he came out and knocked down three threes. You know, when he gets out in transition, his vision is just unreal. Um, you know, when he isn't huffing and puffing and and, and tugging on the the bottom of his shorts trying to catch his breath. I mean, he's got a, he's got a chance to be an, an instant impact player. I, you know, rookie of the year front runner according to the GM poll. I think that's certainly, uh, you know, I, I think he's definitely got a strong, strong chance to be that guy. And I think once he uh, really starts taking diet and conditioning and, 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 and you know, summer preparation seriously, that's going to determine whether he's a a superstar in this league or just a a good player.
1: He's young enough and early enough in the program, and um, the Mavericks have state-of-the-art conditioning, mental health, state-of-the-art everything, as we know. So if that's, in fact, the only thing holding him back, don't worry. That'll get taken care of. If that's the only thing that's holding him back, he's going to be fine. Because you can't, you know, we, how many players have we seen come into the league one way, and two years later you don't even right. recognize their bodies. I mean, Kevin Love, right? Kevin Love, yeah. Is, is one well, of no question. Look at so look at Lonzo Ball. Just, we can, sure, we got we can we've got examples all day long. Once you get into the NBA system, if you will, and that includes the off season conditioning programs and the dietitians and the all the things, all these things. So, um, if that's all that they've, you know, if that's the only thing that's holding Doncic back, I, I you know, I mean he's looks terrific to me. He, the, the vision, you, you nailed it, Tim. When I watch him, it's it's seeing the court. It's just, you know, it's what we were talking about yesterday, Brian, with, with Ben Simmons, same thing. Players who yes. can see the whole f- court like that. Uh, and I remember talking to Kuz about it, one of the best ever at it, this idea of peripheral vision, which a word that Kuz laughs because he can't even really say because of his speech <laughs> impediment. And yet he has the best peripheral vision of anyone. And I'm not making fun of Kuz. I love him. And he, he makes that own joke himself it 's a gift that 's not something you can teach somebody and it's i don 't believe anyway and I should go back and ask who's this, but i don 't believe it 's something you can train yourself to do. You either have exceptional peripheral vision or you don 't
0: there's guys who have tried it there's um, there's certain um, drills that you can do right, um, right. Yeah, there 's been some technology with some um, I, I, yeah, those, I know uh, glasses yeah and yeah, yeah. like running backs I think have mm-hmm. Have worn those glasses, and they use light and stuff like that to try to teach him. But I I don't know if there's much data that says it's much you can do. But the thing about so is he still 20 years old? What the the crazy thing about it to me is, I feel like I've heard about him for so long that I'm having difficulty computing in my head that he's still so young.
2: I I sort of yeah. I mean, he's been he's been a pro since he was 15, and and not just like playing in some second division. I mean, he's been playing for Real Madrid since he was 15. He's 19 years old.
0: He's only 19.
2: He doesn't turn 20 until February 28th. He's a 19-year-old season professional. And he's got such a huge advantage on the rest of the rookie class because he, look, playing four years for Real Madrid is such a different level than playing one season in NCAA. I mean, Real Madrid would would go undefeated in, in NCAA. And this kid was, you know, he led Real Madrid to two championships last year uh you know was the EuroLeague MVP the youngest to ever dude. he's the most prepared in terms of, of of basketball rookie that we we might have ever seen and again the, the conditioning thing that's something uh, obviously the Mavericks have a plan in place um he's got one heck of a role model there if he if he wants to take it uh in, in Dirk and just in terms of how seriously Dirk has taken all that stuff and how that extended his career allowed him to, to reach his potential but he has unteachable things I mean he's He's a strong six foot eight dude who sees the floor like very few guys that size has ever have. I mean, we're talking obviously magic, LeBron, I mean but it's that type of a vision size combination. And when he gets the ball in transition, I mean it's going to be fun. And I'll tell you, he's also formed a great kind of instant chemistry with Dennis Smith Jr. That's what I was gonna ask him. you how he's mm-hmm. getting along
0: with his teammates. It's oh, an issue it for, for Europeans.
2: Well, you, but you know what? It hadn't been not rolled. if you pass the it.
0: ball, <laughs> not if you pass the
2: ball. That helps. Not if you keep getting them buckets. And and Dennis has really embraced the kid. Um, they live in the same apartment complex. You know, they play Fortnite together all the time and all that kind of stuff. And uh, Dennis is kind of Dennis and Dorian uh, Finney Smith are you know their best friends. And Dennis has kind of brought Luca into that group, and they're kind of like the you know the the, the three amigos. Or whatever, and, and there's been, you know, I, th- I think just looking at it when they drafted Luke, it was, it was kind of like, ooh, you know, okay, it, Luke, this is, you know, Luke is you going to have the ball in his hands a lot. He's going to be the guy. How's Dennis going to react to that? Where Dennis has been like, man, this is awesome. I don't have to necessarily be the guy who worries all the time about running the show, who's getting touched. Blah, blah, blah. Let him play to his strengths in terms of, and he's going to still have the ball in his hands a lot, but a lot of times, you know, he'll be catching it. Uh, off of Luka initiating the offense, and he's catching against a rotating defense, and and he can, you know, attack off of that. Now Dennis has to he has to be at least a solid catch and shoot guy, which his numbers there were pretty good last year. He was bad shooting off the dribble, but in terms of of instant, uh kind of the early chemistry, the instant chemistry, I I think it is it's beyond what the Mavericks could have could have hoped for. I mean, they've struck up a very Carlisle fast because- friendship
0: cuz Carlisle doesn't hand out, you know, needless praise. It's not really his MO. What's what's Carlisle saying about him? Uh,
2: I I think if anything Carlisle's trying to at this point uh trying to temper expectations, but he loves him. I mean, he absolutely loves Luca. Uh now, I'll be honest with you. Uh, I I am working on a story uh about Luca that's going to run next week before the opener and, and I am asking a lot about you know, conditioning because that's the thing that they they on draft starting draft night they decided, to say, hey, this is where we can make these huge strides for him and then he kinda spent a lot of the summer, you know, playing Fortnite and, and having a good time on a boat off the uh shores. Yeah, of they Croatia kinda they whatnot. kinda
0: let him go because his season was so long he played all the way in, they won the final four did he play with the Slovenian national team this summer? No, it was last year. He did summer, not do right? that. No, he, he didn't, didn't play. He was, didn't play with so him.
2: yeah. No. He, he didn't play summer league. But last and year he, they he,
0: won the Euro Cup or yeah. whatever. I mean, he, so his they kind of gave him Real
2: Madrid. Yeah, it was right, right. Up they kinda, this, like two nights. Yeah, they kind
0: of gave him the summer. You know, I understand that they gave him some time off. I don't know maybe that affected him. Maybe he enjoyed I his I think time it's off. a great move. That was a great move. Yeah. I mean, It really was.
2: And, you know, I I thought that he would do more conditioning-wise this summer than he did. But, you know, even when he got back, he didn't come back to Dallas until after Labor Day, so it's early September. And and the reports I was getting was, man, this kid ain't in great shape, and he's the best player on the floor in pickup games. And it wasn't like, God, he's in bad shape. It was like, geez, just wait until he gets in shape. It's not like he came back just fat and sloppy. But, again, he didn't make the strides they hope. And and there's a lot of room for – I was going to say room for growth, but probably, you know, the other way around, room to kind of become sleeker and, and more athletic. But I tell you what, like one thing Rick points out is, you know, functional quickness. He's pretty damn good. I mean, there's one play in particular where, you know, he got by uh, Robert Covington, who's obviously a, a really good wing defender in the NBA, uh, got by him for a layup. Um, no, I, Rick is, Rick is very much looking forward to uh, coaching Luka Doncic this season for a long time to come.
0: Andrew, I'm uh, excited this week because um, Fleetwood Mac is touring and Mike Campbell, my one of my favorite guitar players of all time who unfortunately won't be touring with uh, the late, great Tom Petty anymore, is touring with Fleetwood Mac as their lead guitarist. And I'm going to see them. But I'm going to tell you that as I speak to you, this concert is in two days and I don't have tickets yet.
1: Um, I'm and super uneducated. Is Fleetwood Mac still the original band with Stevie Nicks well, and I don't even know who else?
0: You know, Lindsey Buckingham is not on this tour and Fleetwood Mac is a very long story that we don't have time for in this uh, ad read um, to discuss. But what's important is that Mike Campbell is with them. They're singing a couple of Tom Petty cover songs with Stevie Nicks, who's an honorary member of the Heartbreakers. Um, and I want to see them. And I literally just found out that they're coming basically to my neighborhood uh, in two days. And I, I somehow I missed this. I, I wanted to see them and I made it a point to mm. say, let me see what their tour schedule is. And I just missed it. And I just overheard literally yesterday Fleetwood Mac is coming 45 minutes away from me tomorrow. And I looked at their schedule and it's the only time I can see them. So obviously it's sold out. Okay. So what do you do? Well, I actually wasn't that nervous about it because of SeatGeek. SeatGeek is an, is an app that I have used um, for over a year now for when I need to get uh tickets. Uh, obviously you can use SeatGeek in a lot of different ways for a lot of different events, but I have used it for Contra tickets in the past, uh, and I am looking forward to yeah, – I might have to do as soon as this podcast is over, get onto the SeatGeek app and see what's available because uh, I'm going to that show. Um, but uh, the listeners to this podcast, I think I've already taken advantage of this, so uh, I don't think I qualify, unfortunately, but the listeners – um, who haven't taken advantage of SeatGeek yet. Um, you're making a mistake. Um, but, uh, my listeners get 20 bucks off their first SeatGeek purchase from the SeatGeek app. Uh, you download the app on your favorite, uh, you know, telephone device. And then you go to, te- I almost said telephonic telephone device. Um, you go, you download it. I, if I have to tell you that, I mean, I'll have to tell them that, Andrew, because they're listening to this on an app. Right, they know how to get apps.
2: I mean, um, I don't know download onto a telephonic device, so maybe a you should have device. to that.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> you download the SeatGeek app and you enter the promo code HOOP. That's H O O P, um, and in all caps, just for the hell of it, put it in all caps. Um, that's promo code HOOP for twenty bucks off your first uh Geek purchase. Um, they have a good slogan, Andrew. I like it. What, I, I wonder. What I wonder. What, I wonder what their other slogans that they rejected were, because I'd like to hear the process they came through to get this slogan. Because you know, we try to write things in our in my world, and sometimes they don't go right. Seat Geek, life's an event. We have the tickets. That's a great slogan. Ooh, I got chills. It's like a madman Men Seriously, line. But... I'm not even. I'm not saying it just because it's a pitch. It's a genuinely a great slogan. Um So anyway, go get that app. Promo code HOOP, H-O-O-P, for 20 bucks off your first SeatGeek purchase. I'm going to see Fleetwood Mac. So we had a, a shakeup in the Western Conference this week with uh, really disapp- – not that there's ever a, a non-disappointing injury, but DeJounte yeah, Murray. bad one. Mm. Yeah. Man, it was just – it looked um, – I, I don't think that – I think that they were really concerned. I don't know if they 100% knew until they had the MRI. But if you saw the play – Oh, we've seen, seen it, it so many times.
1: Didn't you? I, I oh, mean it – It's just so knew. deflating. Yeah, man. And, you know, he was – we waited to fill out the – I'm sure you had to do it today too, the uh, expert picks for player of the year, rookie of the year. You know, he would have been my choice as the most improved player. It was no doubt in my mind with the role he was going to have with the Spurs that he would have had a chance to be uh, the most improved player in this league because he was already so good anyway. And with Parker gone and, you know, they were ready to hand him the keys. Not only that, you know, you –
0: yeah, you pretty much, as a player like that, you define your situation your third year because after third your year, third year right. is when you try to – your third year typically is your is your leap year. It doesn't happen all the time obviously, but we we see great players leap in their third right. year. And then Very you kind. are in position ask for your contract extension. I mean that's – I mean mm-hmm. if you're DeJounte Murray, you're thinking, OK, uh, Kawhi is gone. Uh, they're retrofitting the team a little bit. The the, the door is open for me. I'm going to go out there and have a great year, and I'm going to go ask for huge money next summer. And it wasn't unreasonable, and it doesn't mean that he can't recover. But it's just such a blow. But but my point on this is also the Spurs. You know, the Spurs had had to deal with some drama, but they, right. they, over the years, but generally they've oh, generally they've they've been okay. And now they're getting quite the quite the karmic yeah. turn. Um, it's, uh, that's going so remember, against them.
1: Remember all those years ago when Pop insisted he was going to retire the same time Tim Duncan did? Oh, man. I mean, probably oh, wishes man. he
2: did.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know what White crazy? Walker, the fourth. That's what I was going to say. So they were all excited about this kid they drafted. I mean, you know, look, the Spurs are real realistic. They weren't out there saying the guy was going to win rookie of the year, but they thought he was going to be – like, they were comfortable not matching Kyle Anderson. Not that Kyle Anderson's a difference-making player, but one of the reasons why they didn't match on Kyle Anderson and they traded Danny Green is because they were like, we we really like this kid we drafted. We think yeah. he's going to be uh, in the rotation for us. So he has a foot injury now, and that is is worrisome as about any injury you can have for a young player. So he had yeah. surgery last week, and then DeJounte Murray blows his ACL a couple days later. And so now I just don't know. I mean, I, I was really thinking that the Spurs were were maybe going to win more games than they did last year. Well, just because I really
1: b- borderline playoff team now. Now,
0: now, and that's why I'm asking about you know the West. I mean, you know, I, I hate to say like if you, if I was some of those teams that are bubble esque teams, and you know, frankly, I put the Lakers in there. I think the Lakers are a six, seven,
2: eight. Um, I think the Lakers you know, are
0: stronger
1: than that.
2: I agree with you, Jackie. I, I I think LeBron. You get LeBron, you're a playoff team. Period.
0: I didn't say they weren't a playoff team. I just said they were like a six, seven, eight team. You said the, yeah. you said, I said bubble. I don't think they're
2: bubble. I well, think, the difference I think between they're in that. I think they're in that four, five range. Well, what well,
0: do you in want the to do? Game. Let's
1: play the game. You going to play the game in western in, in, in the Western
0: Conference? The if you're in the four spot, you're on. You're a bubble team. In you know, <laughs> to be Fair honest enough. with you, um, I just think that. The West changed a little bit this week because I don't think the Spurs are going to be as good as they were, and that loosened up. I think some of the tightly packed way the teams are together, and I and I and I hate to say this, but I don't know another way to say it. It's good news for a few teams, and the Lakers are one of them
2: you know what though okay. Jackie you mentioned we did the, the and Wendy I don't know if you do those preseason predictions since you're so not. allergic to predictions God you are not. such a little I mean you get away with anything <laughs> I bet you when you go overseas you fly first class too but we'll, that's neither here nor, oh, nor there oh you know he does <laughs> oh he does. man he's up in the it was hard to walk by the you know because it's, it's like the little pods where you get the oh I don't even oh, know oh he
1: doesn't that. do that I'm business class right Right, windy business class.
0: I mean, you know, this is between my agent and ESPN, but you know, uh, you know, I, he's first like,
2: class. Agents, agents don't do. No, business it's
0: class. not. No, it's not first class. But well, I was white trash
2: know. first class, which means I was in the exit row. But anyways, when we filled out those predictions, <laughs> um, I put Pop as coach of the year because I still think that the Spurs will find a way. To make the playoffs, and if they do, yeah, obviously Pop's widely recognized as the best coach in the NBA. But if the Spurs, after all this, are still a playoff team, I think he's going to get Coach of the Year. due, which I believe has only happened once in his career, if I'm not mistaken. I think that's right,
0: Did, Jackie. Yeah, th- but- does this end with like Derek White, there, uh, the guy they drafted last year? Who, who seriously like, does it end up with know. him like being a most improved candidate and like him having this Maybe. incredible year? They do things.
1: This is what they do, right? This yeah. is what they do, but let's let's so let's just play the game because it's always okay. fun to play. Okay, let's do it. The West, so it. we got so Golden State and Houston, no particular order, not wanting to not offending anybody. Let's throw the Jazz, the One, Pelicans, two. the Nuggets, Man, and OKC. Uh, uh, there's six. Okay, I'm not, okay. I'm not just letting,
2: I'm not letting you just throw the Pelicans in there.
1: Okay, all right. So I'll take them out. So we're, we'll, we'll agree that well, Golden State, well, let's, Houston, let's slow, the Jazz, let's slow the Nuggets. Let's do you slow not down. Agree let's, on the Nuggets. No, we're oh, slowing. Let's fun slow down.
0: Okay.
1: so Golden State.
0: Gold State and Houston, okay, let's put them off the side they're in. Mm-hmm. I think the Thunder are a playoff team, too. Jazz, Thunder. So,
2: mm-hmm.
0: Jazz, Jazz okay, and Jazz Thunder. So Jazz and Thunder. There's four. Okay, so that's four. Now, we all agree that those four are, are playoff teams. Okay, now we yes. get into the bubble. Sorry, I, I don't mean to offend anybody, but now we get into the bubble. In my opinion, you guys can, can tell me I'm wrong. Um, so I think you have New Orleans, Portland, right? Denver, Minnesota, Lakers, Spurs in the bubble, and I don't. I'll listen to McMahon try to Minnesota. make it. Depends if Jimmy dep- Butler's in Minnesota. Depends, depends. Uh, I, a, I'm the, not trying. I'm not trying to put Maver-
1: What about the Grizz. The what about there? the Grizz? you going to throw them in the bubble? The Grizz? I now think. I think Con- they are.
2: I think they are. They are tough teams to beat on a nightly basis, but they are going to be very good. Eleventh uh, and twelfth place teams in the West standings, <laughs> if that makes any this, kind of this
0: sense. This is yeah. why uh, the the Celtics can chortle all the way home because the Kings. These are the teams the Kings are going to play. You know, oh, fifty yeah, Kings, whatever times. No one's, no one's saying and the Kings are making them the playoffs. And not only that, but they flattened out the lottery odds. So even what? if the Kings yeah. win nine, nine games, uh, yep. uh, well, I was uh, say, sorry. That's that was the just a concern.
2: The Celtics' concerns, the Kings, you know, it's a top one protected pick, and so you know, I know it. That's what I'm saying. That way,
0: that's yeah. what I'm saying. But but the lottery odds have flattened out a little bit, so to de-emphasize right. tanking, so your odds of winning the lottery as the number one team are lowering this year. Um, okay, yeah. so but, but I think we, that we, pick we, gets we got...
1: moved anyway. By the end of the year, I think that pick gets moved in a big blockbuster deal because that's the way Danny rolls. What if not. Zion Williamson is all. dunking? The world, all well, right, nothing. So we got Golden State, Houston, Jazz, the Thunder. So let's each take a turn putting so another team in there. I will put in the Nuggets. That's five. And I to argue. I
0: think the Nuggets look really good, and I think okay. when they get what Isaiah about? back, and I think that'll help them. So that's five. So now mm-hmm. we got
1: the Pelicans, the Lakers, I, the Spurs, Portland, Minnesota. I'm putting. I well, believe in two. the Pelicans.
2: Come on, it is LeBron. It's the. I mean. LeBron Lakers and the four guys Lakers from the are YMCA in. I agree with you. Lakers
1: are in. No particular order. Now we're up to six. So we've got. Okay. One, I two, think the Pel- three teams th- to make two, four teams to make two spots. We got
0: Pelicans first. Portland and Minnesota. I think the Pelicans are in. Mm. I, I know that they suffered some losses, but I think you're going to see a beast season from Anthony Davis. He has MVP. found a. Pl- he has found a place. You know, he is finally at ease playing center. Um, I, I don't, I don't love counting on Miritich, but they have a style of play that they that they now do. They're going to be very fast, and I just think Anthony Davis is going to be a beast. And you know, assuming that you know, assuming Drew Holiday is healthy, I see them as being a playoff team.
2: Well, no, I love Miritich, and and Jackie, to your point there, they were great, but Rondo was the guy who was at the wheel. The drop off from Rondo to Alfred Payton to me is immense.
0: I agree, but I it is big. <sighs> I, I think too. they have two studs who are dominant on both ends and they have a style of play and you're going to have a hard time going into new Orleans, running up and down the court with them. I think they're going to be dominant at home. Uh, I, do I think that they are a less potent playoff team without Rondo, without, you know, playoff Rondo or big game Rondo? Yes, I agree. I don't see them going to the second round, but I see them as a playoff team. Well, oh, yeah. And if you get Drew holiday, as you say, if he's healthy,
1: he, he you know, that's going to help you.
0: And you I mean Julius, Julius Randle. Right I think yeah, uh, not everybody loves Randle, but I think he's going to be. Like, I look well, at that big man rotation. Yeah, he's serviceable. simple. Well,
2: he no, I love him in that role. That role come on, come in off the bench as a you know he's going to put up numbers off the bench. He's going to be in the sixth man of the year conversation. I would think, Oof. although I did go, I went with a Homer prediction and and uh, and gave Dirk the nod. But Randall's look, Randall's <laughs> oh, a great Oh, you did you really? There.
1: That's funny. You know, I did a <laughs> hey, Homer hey, one on that. I got to tell you, I did a Homer. The only thing, the only person I voted for from Boston for anything, I I voted for Terry Rozier. I, think he's I was gonna, gonna say some hey, good scary minutes.
2: Terry. Scary yeah? Terry's got a chance. Yeah. To, and I, the he thing does. with the Celtics is, which candidate do you choose from their ridiculously deep bench? Oh, I, think uh, no, I, lo- I think it's
1: him. I think it's him because they'll rest Kyrie. They're going to be really careful with Kyrie.
0: Mm-hmm. what do you, you know, what do you think don't you think tatum i'm not making a prediction don't you think tatum will be a most improved type candidate i think, he's, I was think so he was so good in the playoffs last year that people <laughs> right. have
1: almost almost like you know jet, jettisoned him out of that like in other words he i think he's already you know people envision him as a top 10 to 20 player so I,
0: I just think that a lot of people are going to like, oh, Kyrie and Gordon Hayward are back. Jason Tatum's going to be like Mr. Third Man. And I'm like, "Uh, he's going to be Mr. One Man.
1: Yeah, he's going (laughs) to lead the team in minutes. He'll lead that team in minutes. I I picked Brandon Ingram for my most improved. That's a very sound pick. Yeah, LeBron's going to make sure. He's either going to improve or LeBron's going to beat the living tar out of him.
0: (laughs) All right, so so you're split on – so where are you on the Pelicans? I feel like they're in.
1: I'm in. I think they're in. Four, McMahon? five, six, and Lakers. So we got Golden State, Houston, the Jazz, the Thunder, the Nuggets, the Lakers, the Pelicans. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. We have. You Uh-oh. can take one team between the Spurs, Portland, and Minnesota. Which I'm taking poison? the Spurs.
2: I'm banking on Pop with two proven all stars. Now, DeRozan and Aldridge got to figure. out. I, I know they're both mid range guys. Got to figure out how you know that's going to work. But give me the best coach in the league with two proven all stars, one of whom has a huge chip on his shoulder. And, and right. a lot to prove, and and I'm right. I'm betting on. Uh, well, here's on that what I would team.
0: say:
1: I would say that they'd make the playoffs, but they got to straighten Demar Rosen out if they expect to do anything in the playoffs. He needs to be straightened out. Just saying.
0: Well, I felt great about them a week ago.
1: Oh, well, really we wouldn't did. be having this. We wouldn't be having this debate know, a
0: week ago. I know, I know. I, I felt they was. Go- I thought they were going to win more games a week ago. Um, now I'm a little shaky, but it's a compelling point. McMahon, it is two all-stars and a great coach. And um, I I hate to – I'm not putting down Portland. I mean, Portland was the number three seed last year. I know, right? But But I just – We
1: believe it. But did we believe it?
2: Oh, and then they followed up by just getting not only swept but spanked. By yeah. the uh, by, by the Pelicans in the playoffs. I mean, when- I'm
0: a, I'll tell you what. I'm not. I'm not putting them in one of my eight, but I'm going to add another team to the bubble. I'm going to add the Clippers to the bubble because I just think that. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, you know what? You know, we talk about
1: all these great rookies. The buzz around Shea Gilgis, uh, Alexander, Doc Rivers flat out told me, if he's not a star, I'm going to be shocked. That's how excited they are about him.
0: Yeah, so okay, so we talked about Trey Young, uh, Luka Doncic. There's another point guard uh thing here. Cleveland had the eighth mm-hmm. pick. They were in love with uh Colin Sexton's makeup in mm-hmm. terms of his competitiveness. They yeah. just loved it. And he he came in to them and just had a kick-ass workout. Shea Gilders Alexander refused to work out for them. And they so they they passed. And so the Clippers were elated. The Clippers were kicking around. You know, they had back to back picks. Um Jerome Robinson was the other guy they took. They were kicking around and putting those picks together to move up because they were a little bit concerned that they wouldn't have Shea fall to them. They they were elated that he was there. Now, of course, I know every team is going to say, we're, we got our guy, I understand that. Um, but, uh, you know, and look, the, the Knicks took Kevin Knox and they're over the moon about him. Like, they're not having any, you know, second guessing right now. But that's another thing going forward, that the Cavs had the choice between those two guys and they couldn't get all of the data that they wanted on Shea and so they and, and they wanted to take Sexton anyway they might have taken Sexton anyway but that's one thing yeah. to look at going forward but he shot what did he shoot in pre, what's he shooting preseason around 40% yeah and that's the knock I mean, that's on him the Is issue. That, that's the issue yeah, but, right. but he's I like a, him though I mean I saw him I saw
1: him live yeah I enjoyed watching him play he plays hard he plays with confidence which that team needs now because they need that out of the point guard spot so he's, he's so, gonna, he'll make some noise. I, I agree. He'll
0: be a fan favorite. So are we saying that we think Portland and you know, so Portland on the outs? Are you yeah, guys are saying so. that. I okay. I'm
2: I'm leery on the Pelicans, but and maybe I'm okay. overrating the Rondo impact. But Rondo to Peyton no. to me is a, a draw. Hey, listen, drop-off.
0: you are you are on the record as not being a Rondo guy. So you're you know you're well Rondo stunk in here.
2: Dallas, and it was a terrible fit. But he was such a he was a And actually, this is something I've talked to Rick Carlisle about. You know, for Rondo to be successful, you've got to have a great fit. You've got to have shooters around him like the Celtics did. And, you know, last year in in New Orleans, they surrounded him with shooters. I mean, I thought Rondo really took off when they went and got Miritich. And, you know, shooters and and tempo, and it was kind of a perfect fit for him. And I also think that Rondo just – and this is funny to, to, you know, people who – maybe you followed him throughout his career, but I thought Rondo was such a huge positive influence on that roster and, and not just the young players, but some of the young vets. I thought he was a great influence on guys like AD and Drew Holiday. And, you know, just as the, you know, you, 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 know, you heard them talk so much about how great he was with, with them in terms of, of prep and kind of, you know, scout reports and telling them what was coming and all that kind of stuff. And I, I think they're going to miss him immensely. I, I that's a fair point. I
0: I just think that they've got a top three player, and teams with top three players typically make the playoffs.
2: Have the you know have the Pelicans always made the playoffs with with Anthony Davis?
0: I don't think he's been a top three no. player. Two years ago, he didn't make the All NBA. He's It cost him. It cost him twenty five yeah. million bucks.
1: He's been injured so, a lot too.
0: Yeah, that's true. I mean, you know, all this changes at the drop of a knee. But, I, I mean, I, I can't – I mean, th- there's some frustration in Portland that they did not improve this offseason and that they let some guys walk. And Portland was in the boat. Uh, Charlotte was in this boat too where they invested in some guys in 2016, mm-hmm. and some of them were their own guys. Um, yeah. And it's just it's just biting them. Um, it's just biting them. Like, like, everything went the Warriors' way to get – Kevin Garn Kevin Garnett Kevin Durant in 2016, it, it like and there was a trap that was set for for these some of these teams that fell into it and Portland fell into it and they they felt the pinch two years later and with the arms race on in the West letting some guys go and not being able to really load up because you've you're so overly committed to Evan Turner and Myers Leonard etc. You know it's they spun their wheels a little bit and I just don't know if you can afford to spin your wheels in the West. But I'm not really saying anything bad about them. I just don't know if they can compete. And, and look, the difference between the Pelicans and the and the uh, and the Blazers at the end of the year may be skin tight, just like it was last year. Right? They were like they were separated by like a game or two in the standings, and the Pelicans were clearly the better team. And you know yeah. that's just that's just there's going to be some disappointed fan bases. and There's going to be some people who get fired in the West this year, but not because they're bad. I mean, I think the Clippers could win 43 games and not make the playoffs and might yeah, finish 11th enough. you know so um all right well this was spirited i think it's interesting Ooh, we like are all it. in
2: agreement that timberwolves after their one oh yeah we didn't even talk the about that decade plus what it lasts 13 well years.
0: there's just an asterisk there because we just don't know what's going to happen
2: well and, we and here's the thing it's almost the worst case scenario is that they don't trade butler and they've got that drama engulfing. oh them i think they're going to trade
0: him I think they're going to trade them, but one they're of the things that to Miami, it's
1: going to happen.
0: Yes, one of the things that's irritating me though is that people are, and, I, and I'm not going to defend the way that the Wolves do business, um, but it irritates me that people are like, oh, you know, they're a mess or whatever, because they don't want to take the poo-poo platter does not mean that they're a mess. No.
2: Um, well, and, and look, quite- tra- tra- trade your, trade your, the guy you were hoping would be your franchise player and, and do it in two weeks. Like, that's a tough, tough
1: ass. Hey, guys, do you remember when they traded Kevin Garnett? How many times? The Celtics, it looks like the Celtics, like Kevin Garnett's going to Celtics. Sell- no, it's dead. No, it, it's back. No, mm-hmm. it's dead. No, it, it took like four times. Four times in yes. two months before he finally got there.
0: And you know what? Jimmy Butler, if he ends up in Miami with a promise, wink-wink, of getting a, a five-year max, or even if it's just a five-year deal, even if it's not a five-year max, it'll have been worth it for him too. Um, but they've got to get Richardson or Adebayo, and I really, if I were them, I would say Richardson or Bust. And, and, and what I would tell, and ju- just because the Heat don't like the answer that they're getting from Minnesota, it doesn't mean the Minnesota is doing a bad job.
2: Yeah. And, um, and, and, and you're right. Don't you, they don't have to be rushed or, or bullied into an awful deal? They're already not going to get uh, a, a good return on the investment they made last year. Although you know it's too bad for Chicago The market is hurt now, but still that, that trade looks great for the Bulls now if they were mocked for it. Well, at the time, you know, but I'll say this: the Timberwolves without Butler are a bad team. They were well, a bad team last year without. Well, them. depends Sub if they get back though.
0: Well, like Richard, there are there are the analytics dudes out there will tell you that Richardson is comparable in some ways to Butler, and if you get another asset with it that elevates your team in a different way, yeah, but, you get Audobert um, too. By
1: those yeah, two. I, guys I'd got... be
0: stu- I'd be stunned if they got both. But I mean, here's why. I, if I was Minnesota, here's what I'd say to Miami. I would say, who else are you going to trade for? Who else are you? You know, you're holding on to Richardson and Adebayo, Who are you trading for? You know, and I would just hang up the phone. And I don't yeah, care how, if they made fun you're of me. How are going to
2: get a franchise player? Although, yeah. there's risk there for Miami too. Because look, he's got he's got those Tibbs miles on him. Hey, listen,
0: I agree, but I'm just saying. At the end of the day, the Wolves are the guy are the team with the player. You know, you know when they hang up the phone, they've still got the asset. Um, but I, to, to go to the point, even if they lose a little bit of ground, like let's say you know if you could quantify it, let's say they get Josh Richardson and he gives you eighty percent of what Jimmy Butler did. Guess what? They were the eighth seed last year. They get eighty percent of what Jimmy Butler did. They're out of the playoffs. Yeah, so and they were man, ten and that,
2: thirteen it, without Butler last year.
0: Right. But here's the other thing: we don't.
1: We're just learning every day. We learn a little more about the drama. And the tension that went on with that team last year because we all kept watching them thinking they are underachieving. Now we've learned about all the tension between Wiggins and, and Jimmy Butler and Towns and Jimmy Butler. So if you remove Jimmy Butler, add a player that wants to be there and maybe
0: another asset. You don't know what that means.
2: We don't know how but, that but all works But hold on, Jackie. Well, that's, still got the Jackie, tension. that's
0: what Miami is banking on. Miami is banking right. on they don't want to sit there playing regular season games with guys that hate each other on the bench. That's Miami's leverage. Right. And that's why, that's why Miami probably isn't caving. They want this to get into the regular season and yeah, for that to build on Minnesota.
2: Right. And, and that's true in terms of the trade, but in terms of the tension in Minnesota, it's not like you trade Jimmy Butler and the tension's gone because Tibbs Towns, is bad that is a well we all bad, know who's going to win that bad, battle we oh, already no know who's going to win that one <laughs> no That's, question it's, it's literally you know in ink it's in ink but yeah. <laughs> but, it, but he'll win it after they fail to make the playoffs this year uh hey brian yes andrew han i just have one aggregatable question for you okay Ooh. if it's uh if it's not miami where's jimmy butler gonna go
0: to me, the only teams that are going to trade for Jimmy Butler at any sort of premium are going to be teams that cannot sign him in the summer today now if Jimmy Butler hangs on through February you're talking about a pure rental situation anything's possible but a team it's, I think it's unlikely that a team is going to pay Minnesota's asking price that can sign him in the summer and frankly I I want Jimmy Butler on my team. I'd rather have him at four years than five so I'd rather sign I'd rather sign him out right anyway. To be That's honest. A
2: good point. Mm
0: hmm. Yep. Um, uh, Houston, you know, there's some stuff with Houston. I just don't see in how, how a trade goes down there. Um,
2: well, and, and I saw Stefan Fissaro's reporting, and somebody told him Houston's refusing to put PJ Tucker in there. I haven't heard that it's that firm, but I do know that uh, certainly the coaching staff does not want to let PJ Tucker go. Um, and, you know, and it's interesting. and It'll be I don't know if you guys saw the SB Nation story on Tillman Fertitta, where he's talking in length about uh, Jimmy Butler, which the NBA office might find to be interesting. Um, but you know, even he's saying in there, you, they don't want to give up too much for him. And you know, it, by giving up too much, if you're talking about not including PJ Tucker, like how is she doing that deal?
0: Well, listen, there could be three different op- opinions there. Well, for, let me say this: number one, Minnesota. You know, you don't want to include PJ Tucker. Call me back. Click. I mean, you know, you, then you don't get yeah. Jimmy Butler. I mean, this is this is how this has got to work.
1: Yeah. There's three. There's got to be. There might
0: be. Th- there might be three different opinions in Houston. Daryl Morey might look at it and say, "Geez, if we get Jimmy Butler, this might really be something." You got, you got the coaching staff who loves how PJ Tucker brings it every day and how versatile he is and everything that they can do, and then you got the owner who's chirping about the luxury tax, which is fine. They're facing the repeater, but he has pretty much said we ain't paying the repeater, which I get. And they drove yeah. a hard bargain with Clint Capella, and they got him at a reasonable number. I felt to get it done, <laughs> a they great let some other bargain. guys. They got some other guys done. Uh, I'm sure Tillman Fertitta is getting ready to go give Jimmy Butler a max. Uh, well, that's what's
2: interesting. If, if you ain't paying a repeater and you're trading for Jimmy Butler, you're doing it as a rental. <laughs> right, you're that's what I'm in saying. To move Hardner CP3; those numbers don't so, work.
0: So the owner could see it one way, the front office could see it another, and the coaching staff could see it another, and they all have they all made all have their point, and they may like I'm never going to bitch at an owner about um, not wanting to pay the repeater tax. The repeater tax is there to not be crossed. So I'm not saying that Toma Fertitta is 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 wrong, but if you're if you're your GM and your coaching staff, you got to know you got to know that you have that line that you can't cross. And I think Jimmy Butler is. A, that's a t- t- to me. If I were Houston, I would wait and see what happens with Golden State in the year, and you know, just hope for you get lucky this year. and They didn't get lucky last year. So Anything else, that, Andrew? If Les, if, if, oh,
1: well, just ahead. quickly, if Les Alexander is still the owner of the Houston Rockets, do they care?
2: I, I don't think he's trying to pay that repeater tax either. And, and look, I mean, I don't think I, there were a I, lot I of reasons. I think he would.
1: I think he would. There, really? There's Les a lot Alexander, of reasons. Man, that dude—he is a generous man with his money. And you know, my understanding is in his his stepping away from the Rockets that he plans to give most of his money away.
0: So, so he just Les Alexander, a guy
1: that would have said, "Go for it."
0: I think he would have Les said, Le- "Go for it." Les Alexander, um, I think first off, the Rockets are a very profitable team.
1: Yes, they uh, are.
0: They are a top five team in terms of profit. At least they have been the last few years. Um, but Tillman Fertitta used a big chunk of his net worth to pay for this. Um, you know, he has other stuff, no, but I, I mean, get it. you know, I get it. I'm not um, criticizing him. I'm just saying
1: Les Alexander
0: is in a different place in his life. And
2: that's but, true. But what I'm telling you is it's one thing. If you've got everybody saying, Hey, wow, we do this and boom, we are. I mean, we are going to beat the wars, No qu- It's another thing. If, if you're going in there and your coach is saying, look, man, we've got, uh, the, offense offensive firepower. Uh, PJ Tucker is an absolutely indispensable part of what we're doing defensively, and an indispensable part of the culture of this team. And look, we've got a great dynamic between the superstars with Chris Paul and James Harden. All the questions about how they were going to coexist are laughable. A year later, they get along great. That worked out great. Now we're bringing in Melo. You know, even at this age, it's gonna there's going to be you know and some discussions to be had in, in terms of how he fits does he finish you know incorporating that ego into the mix to bring Jimmy Butler to Houston especially if you're getting rid of such a key culture piece in, in PJ Tucker I that's a that's a chemistry experiment that, that I'm not sure benefits the Rockets and I'm not sure Mike Dantoni uh, would be enthusiastic about uh, about entering into.
0: Well, we will see. So let me ask you this before, the last thing before we go. When we convene at the end of next week, where we are going to be into the season, will Jimmy Butler still be a Timber Wolf? <sighs> hmm. I, we, we, I, we're just guessing. We, it's just a guess, really. We I, I
2: think it's like Jackie says. He'll be a Heat. Is that even how you, you phrase that? A, That's what uh, the, Hot
0: Rod Williams. Do you remember that, Jackie? Hot yes, Rod Williams, I do. I
2: when do. he... Uh, um, he'll be... He'll be hot. I don't know. <laughs> when
0: the heat, Williams signed one of the first quote unquote crazy offer sheets with the Heat uh, circa 1992, three. And uh, it was like a seven year, $28 million deal. It was right. considered crazy at the money. time because he was a backup. <laughs> he was a, like a six man in Cleveland. And his quote, I believe, was As far as I'm concerned, I'm a Heat yeah
2: <laughs> well as far as far as I'm concerned, Jimmy Butler will be a heat. I don't know if it's next week or you know when it happens, but i I agree with Jackie that's the way that this thing will end up at some point sooner than later
0: We'll see if there's a a, a third act surprise, but you guys are probably right. all right. thank you for listening to the hoop collective McMahon i uh bonus points awarded to you this week for fighting through jet lag because although i heard you slept for 14 hours so that might help you but um having been I over slept there for
1: 14 hours i haven't slept for 14 hours since i was two years old I'm just saying
2: <laughs> <laughs> I <laughs> I well i didn't i slept for like an hour on the plane so you know, was, what was the best movie you watched right
0: what was the best movie you watched on the plane on the way back
2: I didn't watch a movie. I transcribed a lot of tape, which is always oh fun. Oh my god! Oh, that's I, the worst. You that's know, worst. I, and, and I actually I, I got a lot of reading done on a spectacular new book called Basketball Love Story. <laughs> I got, oh, got I, I, that's the truth. That's tr- that's not that's not sweet or sour. Who that's wants to watch
0: old Friends and Seinfeld episodes? And you can read Basketball Love Story. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> and so, available and on Amazon.com.
2: And then I did some, you know, Twitter surfing, internet reading, blah blah blah. But yeah, I didn't uh, no, no, movies? On the way back. no movies. No, no movies. I just on the way watched back. the
1: Fred, o- Fred Rogers documentary. It was fantastic. It's
2: wonderful.
0: It's so good. So it's. Good. I, I, really I also watched it. it on a plane recently, and it's wonderful. You know, I watched a couple movies on Love the way Simon. there.
1: Watch that too. Also very. Oh, good. Oh really? Is it Love sad, Simon. Jackie? I don't
0: want a sad movie. No, on a plane. it's got a very uplifting ending. Okay. Well for all you out there who have watched The Fred Rogers documentary Mr. Rogers is who we're talking about 143 for listening to the Hoop Collective Everybody have a good weekend We'll talk to you next week
1: When we
0: will be Into the season